98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The chief executive says she believes the public mood is turning against COVID restrictions and promises an update within days. Shenzhen officials tell companies they can begin resuming operations after days of mass testing in the city. And Hong Kong follows the U.S. Fed in raising rates, but a commentator plays down the likely impact on an already subdued property market. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she senses that society is losing patience with anti-COVID measures, as she promised to provide an update within days. Social distancing rules and bans on flights from several territories are in place until April the 20th. But speaking at her daily COVID briefing, Mrs. Lam said she sensed a shift in the public mood. I have a very strong feeling that people's tolerance are fading. I have a very good feel that some of our financial institutions are losing patience about this sort of isolated status of Hong Kong. And Hong Kong is an international financial center. And um, nobody attaches as much importance as myself to Hong Kong's international status under one country, two systems. So uh, with those feedback given to me from various sectors and people, I will uh, boldly take this step to update you on the midterm about the future direction of some of those measures. Mrs. Lamb says she will also give the latest on her plans for territory-wide mandatory testing. However, Mrs. Lam shot down a suggestion by three leading University of Hong Kong microbiologists that the SAR should relax social distancing measures by the summer as long as the vaccination rate reaches 95%. She said that while officials are trying to boost the vaccination rate, society may be unhappy if the goal is set that's hard to attain. In an article, Yun Kwok Yung, David Lung and Siddhar Sudrar wrote that the government should announce a roadmap out of COVID restrictions as soon as possible. Dr. Sridhar says a vaccination requirement should be extended to public transport and flight bans should be lifted. I think at the moment we have so much COVID in Hong Kong that actually resuming international travel is not going to add to the burden that much. People who travel internationally generally uh, tend to be on the younger side. So we're not talking about, you know, 80 or 90 year olds traveling around a lot. We're talking mostly about a more mobile, younger population. Businesses in Shenzhen have been told that they'll be allowed to gradually begin resuming operations. Most non-essential businesses, including manufacturers, had been closed since Monday as officials seek to prevent a coronavirus outbreak. Shenzhen authorities said they found 71 COVID cases yesterday, up from 55 a day earlier. Huang Chang, the Deputy, Secre- Deputy Secretary General of the Shenzhen Municipal Government, made the announcement as three days of tests for everyone in the city came to an end. During this time, because of the strengthening of the infection control measures, the operations of businesses have been affected to some extent. At the moment, the virus situation has been improving. We will scientifically and accurately assess the situation. Under the condition that we do our infection control work well, we will, by categorizing business types and areas, allow businesses to resume operations in an orderly manner. Overall, the number of locally transmitted COVID cases on the mainland continued to fall. The National Health Commission reported a total of 1,226 symptomatic infections, down about a third on the previous day. There were also 1,310 asymptomatic cases and 91 imported cases. About 60% of the cases were in the hardest-hit province, Jilin, in the northeast. 
The Hong Kong Monetary Authority has followed the U.S. Federal Reserve in raising interest rates, with the SAR's base rate for lending set at 0.75%. The U.S. Central Bank increased rates overnight in an attempt to calm soaring inflation and warned of more rises to come. Nelson Wong, head of research for property giant JLL in Greater China, says market sentiment is already weak and activity has been limited since the fifth COVID wave took hold. Mr. Wong said a cap on mortgage rates would limit the effect of further rate increases. Even if the Fed will increase rates by five to six times this year, that will probably add up to just about two percentage points in rate hike in Hong Kong. And that will probably not be affecting most of the mortgage borrowers' interest rate all that much because we will already hit the mortgage cap rate by about two and a quarter to 2.5%. So the, the impact on buyers' expectations are going to be quite limited. The HKMA said the Fed's rate increase was within market expectations. Its chief executive, Eddie Yu, says geopolitics, macroeconomic and pandemic development may influence the U.S. Central Bank's decision on the pace and magnitude of further increases. He also said it's up to local banks to decide whether they will increase interest rates based on the supply and demand situation of the Hong Kong dollar in the local market. Announcing the rate increase earlier, the chairman of the Fed, Jerome Powell, said that the war in Ukraine was expected to cut growth and increase prices. The committee anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range for the federal funds rate will be appropriate. Additionally, higher energy prices are driving up overall inflation. The surge in prices of crude oil and other commodities that resulted from Russia's invasion of Ukraine will put additional upward pressure on near-term inflation here at home. The Ukrainian authorities say Russian forces have bombed a theater in the besieged city of Mariupol that was being used by civilians as a shelter. They say the building was deliberately targeted. Russia has denied carrying out the attack. The details have not been independently verified. Yulia Mendel, President Zelensky's former spokesperson, said the situation in Mariupol was devastating. What is going on right now in Mariupol is uh, the worst that uh, people can do to other people. I've heard from one of uh, the advisors to the mayor of Mariupol that there were over 20,000 people who died already uh, during bombing and shelling from Russians. Today they bombed the drama theater and we know that hundreds of people were hiding there. We have no idea how many casualties are there. President Biden said the U.S. will give a further 800 million U.S. dollars in military aid to Ukraine. He also criticized the Russian leader, Vladimir Putin, over Moscow's assault on the country. Mr. Biden said he stood with those who desired freedom. Now, I want to be honest with you. This could be a long and difficult battle. But the American people will be steadfast in our support of the people of Ukraine in the face of Putin's immoral, unethical attacks on civilian populations. We are united in our abhorrence of Putin's depraved onslaught, and we're going to continue to have their backs as they fight for their freedom, their democracy, their very survival. Meanwhile, the Kremlin has said a comment by President Biden in which he called Mr. Putin a war criminal was unacceptable and unforgivable. President Putin has said the attack on Ukraine is going to plan. Speaking in Moscow, President Putin defended the military and attacked Russians who've criticized the operation. This is a kind of interim measure. It's not the full verdict, it's not the full judgment, but it's deemed so necessary, so urgent that they have issued um, these orders. And it's 
it's happening simultaneously and it, there's a case at the ICJ, there's the ICC case as well, the International Criminal Court case. And the fact that these things are happening right now, as opposed to, as is often the case in international justice, years later, is really a reflection of the international push to try to get some level of justice for the people of Ukraine, but also the kind of urgency that things are changing so rapidly, the situation is so dynamic that there isn't any time to waste. We apologize, that was a clip from a different story. Earlier, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky used a rare live address to the U.S. Congress to make an emotional appeal for more help from America to fight the Russian attack on his country. Speaking via video link from Kyiv, he pled for the U.S. to impose a no-fly zone over Ukraine, or at least to supply fighter jets. Mr. Zelensky also told President Biden that the U.S. had a vital role in ensuring global peace. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Peace in your country doesn't depend anymore only on you and your people. It depends on those next to you, on those who are strong. Strong doesn't mean weak. Strong is brave and ready to fight for the life of his citizens and citizens of the world. President Biden has previously insisted he would not impose a no-fly zone, fearing it would lead to a direct confrontation with Russia. A plane carrying two British people just released from jail in Iran has touched down in the UK, a moment awaited by their families and campaigners for years. Nazanin Zagari Ratcliffe, an aid worker, and Anoushe Ashuri, a retired engineer, waved to the cameras after descending from the aircraft at RAF Bryce Norton in central England. Both Ms. Ratcliffe and Mr. Ashuri had been convicted for spying and spent several years in detention. Mr. Ashuri's daughter, Alika, says he's in good spirits. He's excited. I mean, it's very difficult to see him after all these years. And obviously his hair has gone white and he's lost a lot of weight. And, he, you know, he spent five years in a basement of a very dirty, vermin-infested prison cell. I'm sure that he's extremely happy to come back here and finally sleep in a, in a comfortable bed. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has held talks with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia to try to get the country to produce more oil and gas. The visit's been criticized because of the Saudis' record in human rights. On Saturday, the kingdom executed 81 prisoners. Mr. Johnson said it wasn't easy to raise the subject of human rights, but the UK wouldn't turn a blind eye. We don't wink at them, we don't ignore it, uh, we raise it and uh, we, we, we make the argument, of course we do. But what we also try to do is look at the, the global picture and look at the, uh, the impact on the, the, the world economy and particularly the impact on the UK uh, consumer of, uh, of hydrocarbon. In financial news, Hong Kong-listed mainland sportswear giant Lee Ning says accusations by U.S. authorities that its supply chain uses North Korean forced labor contained incorrect and misleading allegations. In a filing to the stock exchange, the company said it would not respond to individual allegations and speculation, but it did comply with China's laws and upholding ethical standards. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection said it had seized Lee Ning's goods at U.S. borders and requested evidence within 30 days that it's merchandise was not made by convict, forced, or indentured labor.
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 21,334. That's 1,246 points up on the previous close. In currency, the U.S. dollar will buy you 118.74 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 29 cents. To sport, and we start in the Champions League, where the holders, Chelsea, are through to the quarterfinals. They defeated Lille 2-1 in the second leg in France to complete a 4-1 aggregate victory. The visitors fell behind to an early penalty before coming back with goals from Christian Pulisic and César Azpilicueta. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel was des- delighted to see his side progress under tough circumstances. Brilliant and so nice that so many fans are here and, and uh, took the travel and... Uh... And to support the team feels brilliant because yeah, we're in the we're again in quarterfinals. It's a big step and uh, showed again resilience and mentality and overcame difficulties. Um, yeah, we we did what was necessary and 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 digged in and and uh, got a deserved win. It's difficult here and and we did what was needed. So well done to the team. Villarreal also reached the quarterfinals after beating Juventus 3-0 in Turin to go through 4-1 on aggregate. Teams will find out their last eight opponents on Friday. In the English Premier League, Liverpool have beaten Arsenal 2-0 at the Emirates to put more pressure on the leaders, Manchester City. The visitors got second-half goals from Diogo Jota and Roberto Firmino. Jota says a regroup at halftime was the key to their success. Yeah, mainly second half. I think first half they were really good, to be honest. Uh, they they had the ball. Uh, they were really with two or three players around us. It was hard uh, to play through them. Uh, but in the second half, I think they started conceded more space straight away and we took advantage of that. Liverpool trailed City by 14 points in January, but have now cut the gap to just one point. Arsenal remained fourth, one point ahead of Manchester United with two games in hand. Harry Kane made history in Tottenham's 2-0 win at Brighton. The English striker scored the game's second goal, his 95th away goal in the Premier League, more than any other player. A nice record to have, I think. Uh, playing away from home in the Premier League is really tough against a uh, really good side. So, uh, yeah, to know that I'm scoring goals and helping my team get important victories like tonight, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice one to have. But uh, as always, we keep them, go- uh, keep them going. Hopefully uh, I can score a few more from now until the end of the season. Kane also moved above Frank Lampard into fifth in the Premier League's all-time scoring list with 178. Christian Romero had the opening goal for Spurs. They're seventh in the table, three points outside the top four. And taking a look at the weather, mainly cloudy, sunny intervals during the day, coastal fog at night, light to moderate easterly winds. The outlook, rather warm during the day in the next couple of days, misty on Friday morning, and it will be cloudier early next week. The temperature right now at the observatory is 27 degrees Celsius and the humidity 74%. And that's the news from RTHK. Rushing and racing and running in circles Moving so fast I'm forgetting my purpose Blur of the traffic is sending me spinning Getting nowhere My head and my heart are colliding Chaotic pace of the world I just wish I could stop it Try to appear like I've got it together I'm falling apart Save me Somebody take my hand and leave 
start to the show that was emmy rossum and slow me down i hope you feel nice and chilled now if you've just tuned in good afternoon to you this is sadio Osmani, and i'm here for the one two three show between now and 3 p.m let me tell you what's on first of all let me say happy st patrick's day to you and uh, i'm going to be playing some nice music between uh 1 and 2 which gives you a little bit of an irish feel i think so that's all coming up after 2 p.m today yuki jung producer at rthk radio 3 will be my guest for chinwag and today she's going to talk about retail therapy there's some new research that's just come out I think that's rather comforting. I'll have to listen to that one closely. After 2.30, Andrew Dambina is here as he's artsing around again and giving us the latest and on the local and global news on the art scene. So that is all coming up and some great music for you. And now I feel quite chilled after that first track. So let's have, um, what have we got now? Steve Miller and Rockin' Me. 